Thank you for listening to Right Jokes, Wrong Times. Today, I was joined by Big Clay. We started the podcast by talking about all the injuries in the NFL. Damn, that had to be like crazy bad. Crazy bad. Crazy bad. That's somebody who's never been hurt in their life. I tried to explain. Yeah, right, bro. I, man, let's see. I broke broke an ankle. I'm talking about me. I've never broken anything. Yeah, I've never broken anything. So tell me about you. So you've, you've broken an ankle. Keep going. Potter, you, you've broken hearts. How about that? You've broken hearts. Not even that. No? Lightly disappointed mind. hearts. I've lightly disappointed hearts. Damn, your story is actually breaking mine now. <laughs> I've broken my hand three times. I've broken a collarbone. I've broken an arm. I've broken two ribs, a leg, <laughs> an ankle. Oh, my nose has been broken multiple times. Wait, you were a boxer yeah. though, right? Yeah. C- can I put like an asterisk on that? Because that's kind of like the perils of getting into it, right? Well, no, because I never broke my hand in the ring. Uh, my nose got broken once in the ring. Damn. Yeah, like the majority of my injuries are alcohol induced. Wait, did I just really try to put a fucking asterisk on people that get into boxing? Because I, I, I never got into boxing. Jesus fucking Christ, I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's all right, we still love you <laughs> like yeah, yeah no they you. they knew what they were doing when they got into it so it doesn't count like a fucking idiot i had no choice man I, my dad was sick of watching me get beat up by girls and so he told me i had to defend myself are you serious yeah man okay this is what i picture though like amazonian women would be needed yeah, to beat man. you up my dad was a high school teacher slash principal right we moved around a lot and uh he was always kicking people out of school suspending them and they would send their sisters to come beat my ass wait that was just his job like they sent him in to like just kick people out of schools no 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 he would like suspend people give them three days suspension or suspend them for the semester or whatever and every time i'd see him in the neighborhood they'd try to fight me because they were mad at my dad oh that sucks man so one day this guy got his sister to whoop my ass i was like 12 and she was like either 15 or 16 and the, this bitch was big as oprah bro she was big <laughs> as oprah and at 11, 12, I was like a little Steve Urkel type. I was a nerd. I loved playing my saxophone. Right. Saxophone. Damn. Yeah, this bitch beat my ass. Dude, now I'm just thinking about you fucking playing a saxophone. Give me a second. She wasn't even lured by you with a saxophone, like playing some sexy ass music. She still beat you? Bro, there was nothing sexy about me at 11. <laughs> I get, Oh, yeah, I guess that's weird. I'm talking about you at 11. I got sick of be- getting beat up. But nobody knew I was going to be this big as a kid. My mom's Jamaican. And like... The tallest member of her family is like 5'7". Damn. The, the tallest. My mom's 5'3". And so everybody thought that we were going to take after my mom. And then I sprouted like my freshman year. Shit. Grew like eight inches, nine inches one summer, over one summer. Damn. I know. Talk about n- nothing fitting then. Dude, I grew to this size in about like end of sixth, seventh grade. You have a real respectable size though. I wish I was like your size. I Dude, okay, here's the deal. I'm just under six foot, but I just kind of wish mentally that I hit six foot, you know? Like, dude, I stopped like just barely short. I'm like 5'11". Yeah, I guess I, I would have rather i'd like to be like six one six two my brother's an awesome height he's six three dude perfect six three to six five i think is the perfect range yeah man i don't like being this tall i can't go anywhere without people asking me to pull shit off a shelf or every day i guarantee you (laughs) every day i get asked minimum five times how tall i am and did i play football or basketball and it's just like the pink hair didn't 
make you want to ask a different question, you know? Okay. That's my thing. Nobody ever asked me if I ever played basketball, bro, so fuck you. I wish people would ask me that question. And, and that's the thing, though. I wish I was your size. I'd rather be left alone, you know? It's like, <laughs> I, I, I'd rather just move through the crowd and not get noticed, but it's like everything takes forever when I go somewhere because I see everybody. And, oh, I met you before. And it's like, I don't remember <laughs> you. I don't care. Well, I don't believe that you want to move through the crowd unnoticed because, like you referenced, you have pink hair. Well, that's for my daughter. The pink oh, hair she, okay. In that daughter. case, hell, I take that back. My daughter's favorite color is pink. And so whenever I go, whenever I do something, I like to have pink on me. And I just kept the pink hair. I used to have pink shoes, pink pants. And every time <laughs> I got on TV or something, it was always from the waist up. And they could never... Show, I'd never show the pink for my daughter on TV, so I started doing the pink hair, so they're not going to cut my face out if I'm on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fucking love that deep laugh. <laughs> sorry, man. I, oh, man. Why you say sorry? I, I just said like, I love it. I love... Okay, here's the deal. When you do that deep register, that kind of growly Alex Jones, like, uh, like, dude, you just said something <laughs> that is fucked up and funny. <laughs> That's actually we'll a really good it. place that I want to like kind of intro really the podcast. One of the things that I'm really excited to talk to you for is the places I've seen you the most is actually off the cuff, which is not really a traditional comedy show, right? It's right, more right. of like you go up and it's for the people that don't know, you go up, they give you a topic and you have to rant, you know, on it for a minute. And then you do that two more times. So you do it three Hello? times total. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was getting a phone call. Actually, oh. from a friend of mine in federal prison was trying to interrupt this call. And so I'm going to say, what's up to Danny? What's up, Canal D? Because I'm going to send him this and let him hear it. And now his friends in federal prison will think he's like a celebrity too now. Oh, not on this podcast. And did you decline uh, it? Does he only get one call? Yeah, it's all right. I declined <laughs> it. He doesn't get one call. He'll, he'll oh, call shit. me back in about an hour. He knows oh. if I hang up, he needs to call back in an hour. Dude, you know what I realized? Somebody the other day uh, was telling me that people in prison get pussy. And I was like, dude, I get unlimited phone calls and I probably get less pussy than people in prison. For real? I might have to get locked up, dude, because I ain't getting none out here. <laughs> They're probably getting more than me in there. Once you, once, you, once you become a felon, these girls are so, some of these, some ladies are so attractive, they send these dudes money. They put shit on their books, send them pussy pics, go marry them, and go get conjugal visits. Yeah, man. Jesus. Okay, so I was actually explaining uh, off the cuff just that I've seen you more at a show that's not really a comedy show, right? Where it's not really a set. It's more off the cuff. And when I think about you on stage, I've seen you lay down and kick your feet up like back and forth with your head in your hands. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of silly on stage uh, sometimes. I can't wait till I get on a big, bigger stage where I get more than like 10 minutes. Right. Because I have all these jokes where I do get silly like that. I've got one. I've, I don't even, I've got one where I, I'm probably going to take my pants down on stage. <laughs> but uh, I tried to, that one time that I did the joke that you saw was in yeah. the little room at LOL. Yeah. And I almost rolled off the stage. That's why I haven't done it again because that stage is so small. You did that on almost the smallest stage I can think of. I can think of one smaller stage. And that's the one at the Blind Tiger. 
<laughs> yeah, no, man. And I almost fell off the stage. And it's like, I really want to do that joke. But the level of commitment to that joke requires me to get down. <laughs> I can't do it on a stage that I'm bigger than, you know? Yeah. I asked you to think about a joke of yours that works on stage. So what do you have for me? Bag of dicks. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm good with a bag of dicks. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry. I, I thought you meant an actual bag of dicks. So bag of dicks joke. I actually can't think of the bag of dicks joke. Well, the bag of dicks joke, it's in a reference to my baby monster. Here's the joke. Yeah. I wanted to see it, and it's not really a joke, man. Like, most of my shit is based on, like, somebody's tears, really. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so I can't get too close to you is what you're saying. Okay, go on. Oh, no, I, I've, I've got Potter jokes already, but I just, I can't tell them until I think you're strong enough to handle it, <laughs> you know, because I love you and I don't want to hurt you. So I can't tell them, and I, I can't tell them until we get closer. I got you. Okay. I, you I respect know, that. that. We have to have, uh, we have to go on a show out of town and we have to drive back and we have to have a long, awkward stare at each other before I feel comfortable enough to tell you this joke. Well, it's a date. Okay, then. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, well, here it is. So it's it's my birthday weekend. It's not my weekend with the kid. My kid says, Dad, I want to see you for your birthday. I said, it's your mom's week. She says, well, if you if you ask her nicely, she'll say yes. I said, I can't talk to her. And she says, well, send her something nice, like some flowers or an edible arrangement. And so I ended up having to go back to court because I ended up sending her mom a bag of dicks. <laughs> you know, she said edible arrangement. I, she had a an assortment when we were together so <laughs> i sent her a bag of dicks could you make the argument in court that she really loved dicks oh yeah i have her old cell phone <laughs> yeah it, it, it looks like a a, tin, a tinder page for penises only just oh yeah long short fat white circumcised and there was one that i didn't know what happened to this fucker it looked like the prince albert got ripped out of it he's <laughs> like but your I, honor in my defense she's had way more dicks than roses since she's been with me in my defense your honor her behavior has exhibited an exorbitant taste for strange penine <laughs> 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 An edible arrangement, yeah. if you will. It was edible. Well, maybe that's where I got in trouble. They were none of them were chocolate. They were all rubber. <laughs> they were all silicone. I, mean, I, I guess you can't eat silicone. Oh shit! It was like a legitimate bag of like dildos. Well, no, it wasn't a bag. It was like uh, each one. Some some of these things come in like their own little sleeve. And it was actually a box, but they were all bagged separately. Yo, okay, so this is how stupid I am. I know you could send somebody a bag of dicks and it's actually like these little gummies. See, if I would have done that, I wouldn't have got in trouble. That's what I pictured. I guess that's the me version of doing that. Jesus, I would do something like that. You sent them the full-blown dicks. Holy shit. Yeah, see, and it got even worse because she let my kid open the box. So it was like, oh, it was no. even worse for me. Yeah. See, that's like Anchorman 2. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what goes through my head sometimes. Man. <laughs> Usually it's THC and alcohol. That I mean, my head. <laughs> what made you think of doing that? Just like you were like, you know what? Fuck it. This is the time. I've had enough. I don't know what made me do it, man. Like, I don't know. I think I just like pushing the limit too. like the pink hair. Yeah, I do it for my daughter. But I also like when somebody looks at me and goes, faggot. And I'm like, well, you're about to get beat by one. You know, <laughs> I'm not yet. You know, it's just like I like pushing the boundaries. And I, and I like throwing people off and making them uncomfortable. So I love I it, man. The, yeah. So when I went to the sex store to pick out the penises <laughs> and like, I'm not gay at all. But I just like, like, if you want to think I'm gay, you have a problem with gay people i'm gonna make you even more uncomfortable hell know? yeah hell yeah so so i put the little shopping cart around my elbow like little red riding hood <laughs> and i'm 
skipping through the aisles picking penises. Oh, it was shit. Fun you had to hell. check out with tons and tons of penises. Yeah, it was, it was it was hilarious. Okay, do you go, for the savings, because it's just a gag, do you go cut rate off-brand penis, or did you go real deal and really splurge on the dicks that you were going to drop off? Nah, man, if my kid's mom is happy, then my kid's happy, you know? So I want to make <laughs> sure I said top quality shit. I was going to say, because if you went up with all off-brand stuff, I think the people at the checkout counter would be like, honey, you need to... Hell no, man, I was picking up that Adam and Eve, man. I wasn't getting none of that cheap shit. I wasn't. I got one where the head spun and everything, and it was made out of, like, clear pink gel with glitter in it and Shit, it had a name, the Astonisher or something. <laughs> the landlord. <laughs> the debt collector. <laughs> I also asked you to think about a joke of yours that you wrote that you liked that didn't work on stage. What do you have for me there, man? The joke I didn't write, but a friend of mine wrote it. Yeah. And, and he dared me to do it on stage. <laughs> yeah, I like where this is going already. So, and shout out to Joe Legretti. I miss you, bro. Oh, I love Joe. I love Joe Legretti. So, uh, me and Joe, we're just having a, a writing session and these are all Kobe jokes and people are like, ah, you better not. Eh. Right. They're, they're like, you better not do any Kobe jokes. Eh. I am... I'm seriously mental. And so it's like, from, I deal with a tragedy by making jokes automatically. Same. Yeah, bro. I cry at like Visa card commercials where the <laughs> dog runs up. I do, bro. It's like, I've been through so much pain and it's not like a sad cry. It's a joyous cry, I think. Like, I see you beauty think? in things. That, no, sometimes I see beauty in things that bring a tear to my eye. I've been through so much. I had a girlfriend murdered. I had a baby Jesus. murdered. Yeah, man. And so it's like, when I see beauty, it puts a tear in my eye because it eases that pain in my heart, you know, and I appreciate that. So when Kobe passed away, man, Kobe was one of my favorite players. Don't ever let me say anything other than that. Yeah. Like, I have a shoe collection for your ass. <laughs> I have half of my shoe collection are Kobe NXTs, you know? I don't know them off the top of my head. Right, because you're not a Kobe fan. I am. Dude, I love Kobe. So I grew up in Southern California, man. No, I, I feel you, but I mean, it's like, I, every time a news Kobe would come out, I would purchase it. I would get the color options you. on it. Definitely not a fan in that sense. Definitely. Yeah. Right. So I got up and I told this joke and I didn't realize that the audience was like probably 85% women. I don't know if they were having a convention <laughs> down the street, but it was like 85% women. And I told that joke and it was crickets. And I like the guys started that nothing I told where it, it screwed up the whole set, man, <laughs> screwed up the whole set because the women were so mad that I told that joke. The guys were laughing at the joke, but then you could see that they were with women and the women were getting mad at the guys. And it's like, every time I told a joke, it's like a percentage of the male audience decided not to laugh because they knew they had to leave with this bitch they were with. Dude, I love those jokes. I love those jokes. Jokes. I do too, man. I love those jokes that split the person that you're sitting with or that you came with. And I'll give you an example, like an extreme example that I've had. I was watching a show one time and this is like, you know, I, I want to say it was like 10 years ago and I'm Mormon and it was a, it was a masturbation joke. And I was actually <laughs> at the show with my parents. And so I was trying so fucking hard not to laugh dude so hard and like it was one of the funniest jokes i had ever heard i love jokes like that i do too i told i told a, 
Have you heard my adoption joke? I know you have. I told that shit in Austin, and there was a group. There was a group of married couples. It was uh, two, two parents, two two sets of parents, and the kids got married. And so there's like a total of six couples sitting in the front row. And I told this joke, and all three guys laughed like a motherfucker. <laughs> the next, the next thing you know, I see the oldest lady pinching her husband's thigh. Oh, and like he stops laughing, and I can tell that the youngest son or the youngest dude in the front row, he's trying to keep the laughter back. Yeah. Well, after after the show, the old man comes up to me, and I don't see the wife, and he says, <laughs> "I have to tell you, sir, you, you're you're hilarious." And right when he goes to shake my hand, she says, "Bill, get." Over here. Oh, I was just, <laughs> I, she was so bad. But dude, he was willing to cheat on his wife for that millisecond to tell you how much he loved your comedy. That means that you fucking made that dude laugh. But he didn't laugh the rest of the show. That's because he was trying to get laid, bro. There's a power of oh, pussy. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't think he's getting laid at seventy. <laughs> well, if I mean, is... God bless him for trying. Do you mind if I ask you what are you writing about now? It's hard for me to write because I do a lot of my writing where I have an idea, I put it on stage, it either doesn't work and I trim it, and I, you know, I, it's gone, or it does work and I build on it mostly through the stage so i can't write right now like i normally would right well i'm writing about like everyday occurrences but i'm i was very fortunate to be able to go hang out with this one particular comic in three different cities this past month and just hanging out with this dude for 72 hours i just got to see his perspective on like things right and so I'm just, I'm finding a way to just write about normal stuff, but make myself more relatable. Like, put, like, uh, let you see a glimpse of who I really am. Yeah. So what are you writing about? Because you said you were going personal. I'm like, dude, I got to know what the topic is if you're going personal. So strip clubs, dude, I'm so excited that you're talking about this because I've never been to a strip club. So please, dude, I got to hear what you're talking about. Well, if you've ever been to a strip club, you should like for your first time, I would say make it like a wedding. (laughs) The guy go with the guys, girl go with the girl. Don't go with don't go as a couple for your first time. Right. Because I I'm a door guy. And so when these guys come in, I love when the girl says, oh, it's our first time. We've never been here. We're going to have so much fun. (laughs) We're so excited. And then when they leave, well, you didn't have to stare at her pussy for so long. Jesus. Like the way they come in. And then the way they leave is just so polar opposite. It's just so funny. Dude, that's it awesome. It really is, man. I like strip clubs because that the people really tend to leave you alone more at a strip club. You might see somebody you know, but they're too busy being dirty on their own. Right. Uh, to come over and try to shake your hand and start a conversation with you. I'm really antisocial, man. I'm, really I'm anti-social. getting that way too. Oh, I've been antisocial, but it's I'd rather conversate with you and be slightly annoyed than to slap you and tell you to get the F away from you. Yeah. It's funny that you talk about strip clubs being a good meeting place. Bill Burr on his podcast talked about like that's how they would get privacy. They would go to like a little shitty ass strip club and sit in the corner. He's like, yeah, we just pay everybody well and tip and you get cheap drinks and you're left alone in a dark place where nobody gives a fuck that you're there. Yeah. Like, honestly, man, these girls, they're like a unit of ants (laughs) working in the mound. And uh, if you tell one dancer... I'm sorry, miss. I'm not here for dances. As she's walking off, she'll be like, nah, girl, don't fuck with that nigga. He broke. He don't want no dances. And they won't come up to you. Go tell the queen stripper. Yeah, no, not even the queen. Like one worker ant can send a (laughs) signal to the entire mound. And like after you tell one girl, no, I'm not here for dances, they'll leave you alone. I like going there just because if you go to a regular bar or regular club, everybody in the place who knows you comes up to you, tries to talk, drunk, 
pat you on the back, buy you a drink, blowing smoke in your face. I don't like that. 